Well, greetings. It's Don Johnson here with the Proclaim and Defend podcast. I'm just uh, introducing today Todd and Ruth Kilburn. They wrote an article for us in our frontline issue on medical ethics, and their topic was called Want to Work in Healthcare? Here's What to Expect. What they're dealing with are the challenges that people face in our world uh, ethically with uh, many of the strange ideas that are swirling around and uh, affecting how healthcare providers uh, are challenged by uh, the world we live in. So it produced a very interesting conversation. Uh, Despite these challenges, Todd and Ruth encourage people to be a participant and to join in. uh, If that's their uh, calling in life, they certainly encourage those to go ahead and be involved. So let's just turn it over to them. They'll introduce themselves and uh, we'll hear a little bit more about their article and some of the other issues that we discussed in our conversation. All right. So welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast. And tonight we have, this is our very first recording, and we have uh, Todd and Ruth Kilburn with us. They've written an article for us in our most recent Frontline. And uh, I'm just going to give a little bit of a bio from our magazine, and then they can tell us a little bit about their own uh, ministry. Todd is the CFO at Central Baptist Theological Seminary and uh, until recently served as a CFO for the Office of the Idaho State Board of Education. So that's quite a responsible position. Ruth is uh, a nurse. I've got a lot in the letters there. I'm guessing that's a Master of Science, uh, registered nurse, and Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Is that right? I have a Bachelor of Nursing in Science and a Master of Nursing in Molecular Biology. Oh, my master's goodness. degree. Yes, those those are subjects that I I shunned as as I went to. (laughs) Me too. Me too. So so you and you, Ruth, you teach nursing. I understand. I am a nurse educator. Yes. All right. Very good. All right. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, uh, careers to that led you to this point where you're at in your life these days. So Todd, if you want to start. Um, well, I started out in, uh, I served as a pastor of my home church for a number of years, uh, the Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, was there for 14 years in various capacities and uh, through various circumstances, the, I loved education, the Lord uh, led us into other forms of education and uh, at one point I thought, boy, you know, it would really be helpful if someone would know finances, because, uh, you know, in the ministry, there's not a lot of financial training. And I thought, you know, perhaps it would be good to, to get an MBA just to be able to, to know something about finance. And through that, uh, God led me to work at a couple of different institutions, one private and one public, um, serving as, uh, as the chief financial officer, um, and then going to work for the State Board of Education and uh, kind of came full circle. Uh, when I received a call from Fourth Baptist Church and Central Baptist Theological Seminary when they said, we need someone with ministry, finance, and education experience, um, (laughs) and we don't know that that person exists. Um, And it was about three days after I was feeling unsettled and had prayed that God would give us direction as to where it was we needed to go. So so that's how I wound up here. And uh, I've very much enjoyed it. I've been here just over a year now in Minnesota. 
All right. Very good. And so, Ruth, uh, uh, well, I assume you've been uh, following your husband's career very closely. <laughs> <laughs> very closely, yes. So uh, we started out when we got married. We were at Faith Baptist Bible College, and I was in their first nursing program there. Um, I don't think they even offer it anymore. But um, I ended up graduating with my LPN because we got married and one of us needed to earn some money. Right. And um, but our agreement was that I would go back later and get my my RN. And when I went back, finally, God led me instead into science. And um, he provided in miraculous ways for me to get my bachelor's degree at Mount Holyoke College in Massachusetts and then. Um, led me into research with Merck and Company as a research scientist for many years, and they paid for my um, master's in molecular biology. And then God led us a few other places, and one of those places I was doing research, scientific research with the medical community, and realized that for several years I'd been using a stem cell line that was an embryonic stem cell line, and I hadn't realized it. Right. And it was a real eye, eye opener for me. Um, I thought that I needed to back away from that and figure out how I could be more responsible and more um, uh, hear God's voice a little better in my research, because I didn't want to be doing other things ignorantly that would compromise my my own convictions and so for a while, I left science, I left nursing, and then God led us to Colorado, to a wonderful church in Colorado. And there was um, a young lady who was affiliated with the church who needed a nurse. And she was an acute care patient, and our pastor's wife worked with her. And at the same time, our Christian school needed someone to teach science. And Colorado Christian University was looking for someone to teach science. And God just led me into those things. And eventually in Idaho, I also went back and got my BSN, started teaching science to nursing students, which then evolved into teaching nursing to nursing wow. students. Yeah. And now I'm working on my master's of nurse education. Hmm. And um, that's what I need in order to teach RNs instead of LPNs. So see. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's quite a journey, and it's certainly uh, the uh, the the crisis moment, I guess, with the uh, stem cell uh, research is sort of what uh, is a background to the article you've written. So maybe if you'd uh, tell us a little bit about that article, just a, a summary. We don't have to repeat the whole article, but a summary of, of what the theme and, and what the basic points are. Well, originally we were asked to write an article about um, it kind of refuting the fact that Christians shouldn't go into um, medical, the, the medical community, because it is such a strain on ethics and integrity. Right. And um, while I agree, there are times when we have to be very, very careful with our ethics and our integrity. Obviously, I learned that the hard way. Yes. Um, but God does need us there. How are who else is going to keep them on track for what ethics really is and what integrity really is if we opt out of that? And I think about um, how God led Daniel into captivity. But when it came right down to it, when Daniel was told, you do it my way or you die, Daniel chose to die. He chose to go into the lion's den 
instead of compromising his integrity and ethics. But he was there. He was living his life. He was being a testimony in his community, no matter. And I think that's what God calls us to do, too. Absolutely. I, I, I thought uh, one of the comments that you made in the article. Uh, let me just see if I can find that. I made some notes, but uh, but it's essentially, oh, here it is. Judging these matters takes more than just medical training or academic rigor. At their core, they are spiritual issues. I think that's a very important observation. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if there's any other comments on that uh, line, Todd. Uh, yeah, we had, we had uh, thought about it from the, being in the middle of it and me from maybe the more philosophical standpoint, because like you, I don't like to get too deep in the weeds of the medical stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think what we what we both recognized is that there's, um, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and that there is spiritual warfare going on. And part of what we are called to be engaged in as Christians is to put on the armor of God. We're not called to avoid the battle. Uh, we're called to, to go into it uh, graciously and dependent on the Holy Spirit, not to be antagonistic by choice but to be willing to stand for, for the truth. And so, um, you know, many of these battles, I think that we talk about, there's an ethical component and there's a medical component, but ultimately uh, what we're talking about are matter, spiritual matters that involve an understanding of the word of God and being able to, to stand fast in the midst of it. And so um, I think we both look at this from the perspective of uh, wanting to, to encourage people to consider medical fields um, not because necessarily it will always be easy, but maybe because it will be hard and because they're willing to make a stand and fight that spiritual warfare in the medical workplace. Yes, that's an interesting uh, uh, situation. My, my sister is a, what is, she's a physiotherapist, a physical therapist in the local general hospital. She works with children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, she's getting towards age, she's thinking about retiring, but She's told to me about some of the things that, uh, you know, these current fads that are driving our civilization insane are very, mm -hmm. uh, very challenging to have to deal with. And you had mentioned in the article about having employers who are having different expectations of you. Uh, often it's not the public like they, that are demanding things of us, but it's it's employers who... For whatever reason, they think this agenda is the right way to go. So uh, maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. Well, I think I think there's a couple of things you need to realize when you talk about the employers. Number one, primarily those employers are out to make money. Yeah. And they want to do what they need to do to make that money. So if that means you can safely take care of four patients, they're going to give you six. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that is an issue for many people. Yeah. Also, those employers are not generally um, believers. And so the popular notions that are going around, they want to look good to the public. So mm -hmm. if it means calling people they and them instead of he or she, the employers are gonna, going to expect you to do that um, mm -hmm. because that looks good to the public. And that keeps them in a good light with the public, which in return helps make them money. Right. And they want to have the reputation of being um, with it people and, and 
really being with society. Mm -hmm. And we as Christians, we don't need that. We right. need to be with what God says in scripture. And so I think those are a couple of examples that you could use when, when that Christians might be expected to do something the employers want, but they might be uncomfortable with it. Yes. Um, in the past, nurses in particular and, and doctors had some really, really difficult situations like if a child was aborted, an intentional abortion, but the child was born alive in the mm -hmm. hospital, they were expected to just let that child stay in an isolate and die there in the mm -hmm. hospital and watch yeah. this happen. Yeah. That I don't believe that is, is the case any longer. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate the fact that it's not the case any longer. We're keeping babies alive younger and younger and um, using a lot of medical technology to do that. I think now um, that may be more of an issue for a private abortion agency. I don't know. I don't get into that aspect of medicine. Mm -hmm. um, but there are many things our employers expect from us that maybe are not um, biblical and spiritually uplifting for us. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I think, uh, as you mentioned, the profit motive, um, I mean, there. Uh, the financial guy next to you might have something to say. <laughs> it's funny the because often the management, I'm guessing, uh, especially of a like a hospital or a, you know sort of a clinic or something, they may not actually be medical personnel themselves, and so their priority is the dollar rather than uh, mm -hmm. than the uh, the care. Yes, mm -hmm. they generally aren't in the, you know, president, CFO, CEO generally aren't medical personnel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that their their interest would be, you know, I mean, the doctor doesn't want to do that work. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah. All right. So mm -hmm. let me just see if there's anything. OK, so maybe. Um, uh, on the idea of. Um, well, you both have worked in the secular field, so I, I think this is this this uh, question can really both of you could have some input on. But in, in terms of evangelistic opportunities, that was mentioned in your article as well. And certainly, we you know I've worked secular jobs too, and I know you know you're on the employer's dime. You know, you, I'm not out to initiate conversations. You know, uh, but when people ask me, of course. Uh, my particular situation, I had, I was working as a, as a pastor, working another job to support my religious habits, so to speak. And the, uh, and the, um, so they know what I'm, they know who I am. So questions would come, but I'm just wondering, maybe you want to comment on that on working in the secular workforce, maintaining a, a, an outgoing and, and outreaching Christian testimony. Um, well, I'll start. I, I think, um, you know, even as the ministry of Jesus, Jesus was someone who, you know, met and, and reached the needs of the people um, with whom he interacted. And uh, while he never, ever um, stepped away from his his divine nature and his holiness, he was still a very, you know, compassionate person that, and interacted with people. And I think part of being in the in the workforce is not just uh, our Christian testimony isn't just about holding a position. It's about the way we hold that position and how we talk with people and our genuine care of those with, with whom we come in contact. And 
Um, so, you know, the, the way that we work and the approach that we take to work, I, I believe that God designed us to work and that um, it's pleasing to him when we work. It's, it's part of his design. It's made harder because of um, the sin that uh, mm. came into the world. But we have this responsibility. And I think as we do so, if we can do so with joy and with care for people and um, you know, not always come across heavy handed, but have the opportunity to talk to people about their genuine needs. It does open doors in places that we we might not otherwise expect. Mm. Um, and there will always be some resistance and some opposition. Uh, but I think we've both found ourselves in places where we've built relationships that even when people didn't necessarily uh, come to, to some sort of change in their life because of the gospel, um, the doors are still open and we still, you know, are able to communicate with people. And um, So, yes, you know, there have been times I've had opportunity to share the gospel at a time and place when I least expected it. Yeah, amen, yeah. All right, anything you'd like to add on that, Ruth? Well, I have a little story to tell you. I was um, doing my BSN training and I was doing clinicals in the hospital as a student. And there was a one nurse there who every student would say, she's different. There's something different about her. I really like working with her. I really want to work with her. And I don't know what it is. She's just different. And one day she was by herself and I walked over and I said, everybody says you're different. And she said, they do. And I said, yeah. Do you know the Lord is your savior? And she smiled, the biggest smile. And she said, is that why you think I'm different? And I said, yes, I think it is. And she said, well, I don't know if that's the reason, but yes, I know the Lord is my savior. And I do strive to be different for him. Yeah. And that gave her opportunity to talk to a lot of people that she wouldn't otherwise have been able to talk to. Yeah. So I think that if we explain it, display the fruits of the spirit in our lives, it makes us different, and that makes us somebody people want to talk to to find out why. I mean, yeah, I think I think cultivating the fruit of the spirit is absolutely essential. You know, I uh, we are fundamentalists. We there's a phrase fighting fundamentalists. When I was a young man, I was much more. Mm -hmm. The first word was much more emphasized, <laughs> <laughs> and I've learned that you're not going to win people by emphasizing fighting. You have to emphasize the love of God and reach people in that way so yeah uh, and and i think that as we look at our own ministry it's much more fruitful now than it's ever been so we praise the lord for that well it doesn't depend on us of course the holy spirit has to be involved all right so i wonder uh i guess um let's just see what I, my notes say were there things that you would have liked to have added to the article that you didn't have enough space or maybe things they cut out on you <laughs> well, we haven't seen the final edit, so I don't know what they cut out. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I I think as we've as we thought about it, I think we would have liked to have spent a little more time talking about the how-tos of if you're going to go into this field, um, how to go about it, how to think about it. Um, yeah. It was really just sort of making the case for doing it, but. Um, uh, you know, we've we've been talking about, you know, having the, the character of Christ and the, and the fruit of the spirit displayed, which which I think are absolutely critical. And it, and it has to be, you know, this this genuineness about it. It's not just that we see people as projects, but we actually care about them and want 
the Lord to work through us. And so uh, I think in retrospect, you know, if we'd had unlimited uh, words to, to, to use in this particular article, we might have talked more about, well, how do we really do that? And how do we think about it? And how can we, uh, what kinds of things can we, can we pray about to be able to go into those situations a little more prepared? Yeah, absolutely. And that sort of fits into it. I had a follow-up question on that, but we'll, uh, was there anything else that you, you'd like to add to that, Ruth? I think um, I would have liked to have said something about the river that's required and how we need to rely on God mm -hmm. to bring us through that. Um, everyone knows that medical knowledge is difficult. Mm -hmm. And rather than get stressed out about it, which most nursing students do, Mm -hmm. We need to rely on God to bring us through. And and if it's not his will for us to be there, then he's not going to bring us through. But yeah. if it is indeed his will for us to be there, he's going to take care of things. Yeah. And the Bible talks about how we shouldn't have fear. God mm -hmm. hath not give, given us the spirit of fear. And sometimes I think we forget that. Yes. Um, yes. And we get afraid that we're going to fail or for whatever reason. And I wish that I could tell these nursing students and medical students, rely on God, keep your relationship with him close and make that a priority in your life. No matter how much you have to study, that has to be first. That's amazing. That's good. That's that's really great. I appreciate that. All right. So let me just uh, so let me I had so the follow up questions. So what I'm thinking along these lines is how do we apply this? And I think those are that's the direction that you're thinking with these things you wish you could have included like so for example the first how to apply i have this question so for education um how how do you get the ethical or worldview foundation you would need I, i'm just like i think um uh, just trying to think I, I mean christian schools that have a nursing program i think bob jones has one I don't know. Do you know of any others that have uh, good nursing programs or I guess Maranatha, 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 Maranatha has one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. um, Colorado Christian University also has one, but it's a much more um, inclusive, much more ecumenical type program. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you will get a biblical background, but it won't necessarily be what you might want. Right. Okay. So uh, would you recommend, um, I just, you know, like there's so much education. I know that in these days, education is so costly. Um, I suppose people who are, assume if they're going into the medical field, they'll be able to pay for it eventually. I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, we have a young dentist in the church and he, he has uh, done that. He's a, followed that approach. He got saved after, after going to dental school, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's uh, so the uh, but so in terms of but in terms of uh, forming the the you know the ethical like the, those ethical challenges. I mean, things that have to do with abortion, uh, the the this gender change issues, the um, you know the dealing with homosexuals. Um, those are probably the big hot button things that we would think of. But there's probably other ethical challenges in the medical field, you know, as you go along, like you, you mentioned, even getting overworked and not sort of speaking up, you know, and saying, hey, I can't do all this. I can't care for these patients properly. I wonder if there's, 
you know, some advice about how to go about forming your own ethical standard, spiritual life in that. That's a tough one. Um, A lot of it, I think, has to do with your biblical basis. Mm -hmm. And nowhere in the Bible is it going to give us specifics for in our day and age. But there are certain things that the Bible is firm on. There are certain truths that it gives us. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If you believe, as I do, that life starts at conception... And if you're looking at IVF and um, freezing the embryos and yeah. then throwing out the ones that you have left over, that's an ethical d- dilemma that you have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really, you really have to have that biblical basis. You have to have someone. I was lucky enough to have my husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised in a Christian home, but when I came home from nursing school or from doing nursing, and said, I dealt with this issue today and I'm just really confused. Mm. He was able to help me talk through it and think through it from a biblical point of view. And I think everybody needs somebody like that in their lives because you get so down in the weeds, sometimes Mm. you can't see it. And I I would say if if I were to emphasize something to somebody and you're thinking about maybe taking an online class from a Bible college or something, really understanding good biblical interpretation so that um, I think there are going to be a lot of challenges that come up that nothing can really prepare you to address. Mm -hmm. But as as long as you know how to go to the scriptures and how to dig in and how to to think about the biblical framework, um, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding the authority and the inerrancy of scripture and the fact that it does it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. As you, as you know and understand and can dissect the word of God, um, the Holy Spirit can illuminate the pages of Scripture and give you the wisdom that you need. And so, um, you know, if I were going to prepare anybody from the, well, what do I need to know biblically? I would say, you know, having a, a basic understanding of Bible doctrine, but a good, solid understanding of how, how to read and study Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as you're talking there, I think those the words that come to mind uh, in terms of support is, uh, you know, you need to be in a good Bible preaching church. Uh, mm-hmm. You need to, you know, gain safety with with wise counselors, pastors, and and uh, and then uh, and then of course we do have to trust the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. basic discipleship and. Yeah, those are, but that's, it is challenging in our world as everybody faces these types of things. So let me just see my next question here. I don't know, you're so, asking hard questions. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, I try not to be too hard, but the one, so this is one that like in medical schools, uh, my, my sister uh, went to a, a secular college and my nephew just uh, a few years ago graduated from bob jones with their pre-med and he's now an md and he is he is in in residency somewhere in florida and uh so i think you know obviously the pre-med program he was not he was not pressured in any way i'm sure to on medical Mm -hmm. ethics but in if you're in a secular uh environment especially once you get past that pre-med 
I guess then you're going to be uh, going through every area of medicine in your training. And I just wonder what advice you'd give to somebody who's going through that. And there might be places where they find a challenge in those, those ethical questions. I'm sure they will. But remember, the world has its own form of ethics as well. Mm. So every hospital is going to have an ethics committee. Um, there are venues for discussing ethics, even from a secular point of view. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you have to go right back to the Bible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I think the last thing I was going to ask is, uh, what about any resources? Uh, and this could be even something that as you know, pastors and, and, and just general Christians who have an interest are you that are there books that you're aware of or articles that might be helpful for uh, thinking about Christian ethics in the in the medical scenario? Um, I did a little bit of research when I was thinking about um, this article, and there was one Christian nursing magazine that impressed me a little bit and i couldn't tell you the name of it now for the life of me <laughs> okay but i'm sure if they did a, a search online they'd be able to find it okay. also you mentioned bob jones and i think mm -hmm. both bob jones and maranatha have excellent programs for nursing um bob jones for pre-med i would mention that if someone is not certain they want to go into medicine that pre-med might not be the way to go that it might be better if they take a science background Okay. Um, you know, get their bachelor's in science instead right? Um, because it can transfer other places where pre-med can only transfer to medical school. Right. Yes. So if they change their mind, they're yes. kind of stuck. Yes. Well, my nephew was very single minded. <laughs> <laughs> Most doctors are. Yes. 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 Well, he's also a Johnson. So that sort of <laughs> <laughs> has something to do with it. All right. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. So any last thoughts that you'd like to uh, mention? We're getting close to our time where I wasn't quite sure how, how this would work out. If we would fill out, uh, we're trying to shoot for about a half hour, but so far we're doing pretty good. I, you know, I was going to say Ruth had a, uh, considered a couple of years ago, I think just the time is not possible, but she considered writing a biology textbook for the collegiate level from a Christian perspective, which there really isn't anything out there. Yes. And so if people are are interested, I think there are some resources, but I don't know that it's that there's a, a great wealth of resources for people in this particular area. Wow. And you know, maybe if somebody is interested, this could be a this could be a, a really good thing. I've always wondered, you know, why we do premarital counseling, but we don't actually talk to young couples about like prenatal counseling, how do you mm -hmm. think through what it's like, both mm -hmm. from a physiological perspective when you're having a baby, but you know how how do you spiritually prepare mm -hmm. uh, for all for all that's involved in the process of of mm -hmm. having a child? And so, um, you know, if there are people out there who have that inclination or would love to write to that, uh, I, I think that there would be some some welcome things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's right. Anything? Prenatal um, counseling, but and that brings me to uh, another ethical issue that I don't think people talk about very much. As a matter of fact, I've heard very little about it, and people really don't have a good knowledge. And that is um, uh, preventing pregnancies. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And what forms of birth control um, as a Christian should we or should we not be using? Because there are several forms of birth control that are common in our Christian societies that cause spontaneous abortions. Right. And I don't think that most Christians know that because we don't have the education. And I'd I'd like to see more written on that as well as, you know, basic Mm -hmm. biology for for the Christian um, Mm -hmm. young person going to college. Mm -hmm. We have to use in in all the college courses that I've taught Christian or secular for biology. I've had to use secular biology books that talk about evolution and everything that goes with it simply because there's no option. And I would like to see a a Christian biology book written from the point of view of, um, of creation of, even if it mentions different theories about creation, um, Mm -hmm. but from that point of view, rather than simply evolution. Yes, that's true. Well, there's, there's certainly a wealth of things that need to be addressed and it's, uh, um, it is a it is a challenging field. I've 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 read a little bit about it, and uh, it's certainly worth uh, thinking about. And I really do appreciate the article you've written for Frontline. And uh, we hope that this interview will encourage people to go and read that article, and uh, and subscribe to the magazine. <laughs> That's part of what we're doing this for. And uh, and also. Uh, 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 Maybe in the future, we'll be able to get you to write some articles that uh, fit in with some of the things you would like to add to this. So trust that the Lord might give that opportunity. All right. Well, there you have it. That was uh, an interesting conversation with uh, Todd and Ruth. I hope that you found it profitable. Uh, Recently, Kevin Shaw wrote an article on Proclaim and Defend on the same topic. We're going to link that in the the notes to this show and hope that uh, you find that interesting as well. We do encourage you to subscribe to our uh, to, to our Substack. If you if you subscribe, you'll be able to read the article from Frontline in its entirety uh, from the Kilburns. And uh, if you subscribe annually, we'll send you a print subscription to the magazine as well. So we really do encourage you to subscribe. Uh, hope that you'll uh, take the time uh, and find uh, uh, the profit that comes from the things that are being produced from the FBFI. Now, this is Don Johnson signing off for the Proclaim and Defend podcast. Thank you very much.